do we want to get rocked? Hey, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Uh, welcome back. You, of course, have downloaded this podcast and you are listening to it uh, because this podcast is Till Til Death, Death Do Us Party. 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 Uh, your mom's third favorite Def Leppard themed podcast or third media favorite. in general. So uh, mom's her- got us higher on the ranks than, than dad does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad, of course. we're down at like <laughs> sixes and sevens. Um, Dad, Dad wants us to be realistic. He wants us to try hard. Mom's just happy we're doing something with our nights. Yep, and that we're eating well, and uh, we're calling on the reg. <laughs> so, is this a call? does this count as a call to my mom? It, I guess it. You know I guess what? it can. Now we would, we would do a great service to all the people with podcasts out there if we basically change the rules so that a podcast counts as a call to your mom because your mom just has to listen to the podcast you know what i mean mm-hmm. so we'd yeah, be yeah. doing we'd be doing a great service to all of us young content create i called myself young just now i'm not at all young but uh, uh all us content creating people if we establish that recording yourself talking is essentially a call to your mom because your mom can listen to it yeah, I mean, while you're at it, uh, obviously, for our listeners at home, uh, I'm the uh, leopard tamer. I, figured they, I, I just figured they knew that. And the person talking right now is Dr. Duff Alex Smith. That's now, me. Now, you're talking about changing the rules. It's a little bit about hacking the matrix there. And, yeah. you know, when you go in to change those rules about what constitutes a uh, phone call to your mom or dad, you know, you can just go in there and change it so that you're young again, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great life hack that is a really good life hack i love a i love a hack where you know suddenly uh talking to your friends about def leppard is a uh, is now a a uh sentimental call home to mama and where i get to decide that i'm forever young instead of slowly getting older and older and more quickly getting older and older and older and yep. older and and now you're more old than you were before. So this is a very special episode of Till Death Do Us Pup Up a Party. Because it's episode we, 20. It's episode 20. The That's big 2-0. huge. And I can't to imagine celebrate, what would make it more <clears throat> special than just being episode 20. And we have a very special uh, gift for all of our listeners out there. We're going to start talking about the album Adrenalize. <laughs> Adrenalize. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, did you just play an audio clip from the yeah, yeah, album yeah, Adrenalize? Yeah. Okay. So joining us in the studio today, we have a special guest joining us is Dan McCoy from the Flophouse podcast. And How did you get him? <laughs> Wait, how did I get who? Dan McCoy? Yeah. Well, uh, see, the thing is, Dan McCoy, I have been, uh, as listeners to this show may know, I've been doing a podcast uh, for nine years called The Flophouse uh-huh. with uh, you, Dan McCoy. No, I don't I don't think so. I think I do that show <laughs> with Elliot Kalin. <laughs> no, now, that's what most people assume because he just spends the whole time talking. Now, right, what I did there was an in-joke for people who listen to that show and not this <laughs> yeah. show. Well, here's, a, here's another one. What movie did we watch tonight, guys? <laughs> 
Uh, well, in the background, I think the Poltergeist remake is playing without sound. Oh, awesome. That's sort of a video wallpaper for this. That seems very distracting to me. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah. it's, it's just in the peripheral vision. It's just distracting enough. This is the culmination of a uh, nine-year scheme that I have had going where I've wanted to replace Elliot Kalin on the show, <laughs> on, your, on your podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and, and now I've done it. So what you're doing is... Congratulations to me. You and, is done. Yeah, you in, invited us over on the premise of talking about Def Leppard's amazing yeah. album, Adrenalize, only to just talk about the movie that's on in the background, mm-hmm. like some kind mm-hmm. of jury-rigged uh, version of the Flophouse podcast. No, I want to talk about Swing Vote again. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I want to, okay. I, want to I wasn't up. on that episode. <laughs> That's it's a chance for redemption for you, Stuart. Okay. Uh, we should talk about swing vote. Uh, no, I, Dan. First, first and foremost, uh, as a as our first ever. First of all, congratulations for being the first ever guest. Uh, besides the two co-hosts, you know what? That's of, the best award that I got this year. Wait, wow. hold on. No, I got a Peabody. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> did he get the uh did he get the peabody for being a guest on podcasts <laughs> yeah that's right for uh my uh my stint on lore <laughs> <laughs> now so, Dan, Dan, now what this- is what is your uh what is your background with Def Leppard specifically? Let's let's ask that. <laughs> let's ask that first. Of, let's get a context for you how what your experience in your life has been with the English band, the greatest band of all time, Def Leppard? Uh, you know, I was thinking about this and because I thought that this question might come up. Yeah. And I don't know that I have much context with Def Leppard other than like, I remember when I was a kid, there was sort of this impression because I grew up in a like a small town, a Republican, well, conservative, let's say, sure. rather than Republican, small town. Uh, I think that there was a lot of fear that something like Death Leopard, Def Leppard had maybe this innate gayness about it. Oh. Because of the... Uh, Costumes. The costuming. Gay- gayness? What? Yeah. Really? I feel like huh. that um, amongst uh, most people that I grew up with, it was not poppy enough to be pop, but for the rock people, they feared that there was something unmasculine about it. Do you oh, think that's weird? That is, you, I, I get, I think I get it. Like what were they listening to though? They were listening to stuff that was like a little, just a bunch of, just a bunch guns, of prints. Guns and Roses probably. <laughs> that's where I remember being big. Well, Guns and Roses is a little, Guns and Roses is a little later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the thing is, uh, he's probably talking about, uh, like the hysteria adrenalized years, yeah. Which, like, at that point, we're talking use your illusion for Guns and Roses. Um, maybe, maybe these people in your small town were listening to a lot of uh, David Lee Roth era Van Halen. That's pretty macho, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. A, I mean, the the degrees of macho ness and and quote unquote gayness of uh, of of all of these bands that we're talking about are all super relative. They're all super weird but yeah i I can see how in in a small like in in a great christian conservative area they would see all that stuff as as like uh sinister or homoerotic or whatever and it probably is it probably is a little homoerotic really now i like the now i really like the sort of like shimmery 
rock sound that you know brings me back to the 80s although like yeah i don't have a lot of experience with like knowing Def Leppard songs other than probably 90% of the time I do, I do karaoke singing pour some sugar on me. And Dan yeah. sings pour some sugar on me with an intensity that is chilling. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to hear that. That's what I was aiming for. <laughs> yeah. To freeze the blood. Yeah. 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 He, he wants you to pour sugar on him so badly. He would be willing to give up almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> Got a real sweet tooth, Dan. <laughs> yeah, just how hot and sticky sweet are you from your head to your uh, feet? I'm hot, hot, so hot, sticky sweet. Oh wow, you're tr- you're trying to trick him to giving you a taste of his karaoke performance, and he I just want- kind of gave it to you. Yeah, I just wanted to taste his sweet sticky feet. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what now, I was you know, going for. You know, I'm a little disappointed because before we started recording, uh, Dan came up to me and he said, look, if I'm going to be a guest, I want to do it like Comedy Bang Bang. I have this uh, Russian character I've been <laughs> workshopping on The Daily Show, and they uh, they didn't put him on the air because it was a little too intense. And I was expecting Dan to just show up with that character and for us to have to play off him. Is this like Donald Trump's liaison to uh, <laughs> to Russia? Is that the character? Is that why you can try to get it on, on The Daily Show? That's right. Uh, I'm here to listen to your deafid leopard. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, uh, what's your name? Dmitry Shostakovak. <laughs> okay, I like Shostakovac. it. Shostakovak. I like yeah. it. Like Bach at the end, like A C H. Da, I mean. Yeah, no, the first should... the first rule of improv is to uh, is to comment on somebody's improv character as much as possible. Yeah, like oh, well, you're yeah. doing a great job, guy. Well, since we're not doing improv, our only role in this is to acknowledge and tear apart the improv that we're experiencing. Uh, so we're, we're like uh, we're surrogates for the listener, basically. He's uh-huh. he's doing like a Yakov Shmurnoff stand up bit, basically, and we're experiencing uh, on, it dude. with it our a little with better our than that. It, yeah, sure. It was it was better. It was better than the long uh, long career of Yakov Shmurnoff, <laughs> who I saw on Broadway. With his show that he had brought from Branson, I assume. And uh, it was weird because it was like he's still doing the same thing about coming from Russia. Uh-huh. He's still and doing the horse drives you or whatever, that kind of shit. He's not doing that exactly th- exact thing. But, I mean, I guess that all he has is the fact that he came from Russia. I mean, <laughs> that was his thing. <laughs> That's all he has in life. Yeah. Well, so. do you think do you think he's ever like gone to the comedy cellar to do like a practice bit and he tried to use non-Russia based material and people were like, "Boo! <laughs> Tell us what is like you what does what to you in Russia." <laughs> he's like, "That's some intricate heckling you're doing." It's, yeah, it's probably impossible for somebody like that when they when they like <clears throat> people's frame of reference for you is so narrow. That they just would f- that they just flip out when they hear you do anything anything even remotely different. But Stuart, we have a lot to get through tonight. As mm-hmm. you mentioned, we are uh, we we're starting a new album, and so mm-hmm. we we should do a, we should do just a little bit of recap. Get ourselves uh, get everything. Uh, have a moment of reflection. We just experienced hysteria. Yep. 
Uh, we just went through hysteria song by song, and mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the legacy of that. We uh, we we listened to what is uh, and analyzed what is not simply the best selling rock album, I think, of the eighties, uh, original rock album of the eighties, uh, but it's arguably the best work of art of the late twentieth century. Sure, hysteria came out in nineteen eighty seven. It's uh, it's an hour of music, all killer, no filler. AKA the rock and roll thriller, famously Mutt Lang's attempt at a hard rock and thriller album. Uh, so with that album, Def Leppard became one of five rock bands in history to go diamond on two separate full length original albums. It was like them and uh, Pink Floyd and Van Halen and the Beatles and a few other bands. I can't remember who they are. But the big thing that Hysteria did historically is it cemented uh, the, the pop metal sound. It cemented the, that place in the charts for it. In the late 80s, as Dan earlier said, we got the, the, the quote-unquote hair metal era. We got all of these sort of bands doing hard rock and metal, topping the charts with ballads and like party anthems. And it allowed a lot of these like kind of a lot of them were American, a lot of like shittier, scuzzier bands to thrive in that in that era. Like who? Who who you throwing shade oh, I'm at? I'm talking about like I'm talking about when I say shittier, I mean shittier than Def Leppard. I mean I, I Yeah, which okay, is not, so everybody. Which yeah, it, it, which I'm I'm shittier than Def Leppard. We're all shittier than Def Leppard. I'm I'm just simply saying it's like there was a tone of a lot of the late eighties pop metal, your poison, your warrant, your Cinderella, um, Guns N' Roses a little bit when they started. Like they were like scuzzier. They were these like snidey kind of dudes in leather pants. They um they they seemed like they were the like their whole attitude was like, you don't want to bring us home to mama. They would like smoke cigarettes at your family's dining room table and put their feet up. You know what I mean? Like that was <laughs> yep. like that was the attitude of that time. And Def Leopard is kind of the quintessential band of that era, but also a little bit better uh, in, in both tone and in what they were able to create. They set the tone, but they were also above it. They came from this like legitimately metal, new wave of British metal origin. There's an artifice to what they do. There's a polished, like melodic approach to the music. And so, uh, so I, I just wanted to say this album put them at the center of that sound uh era and it is quintessential to that era but it's also set above it a bit i think alex almost said quidditch instead of quintessential (laughs) quidditch quidditch essential they caught the snitch snitch thank you (laughs) they (laughs) they uh they're the harry potter of Quidditch, if Quidditch is music in the late 80s. Yeah, I mean, Harry Potter caught kids' attention, Mm -hmm. which is the real snitch. Exactly, yes. Just the way Def Leppard caught people's ears. And hearts. They reached up into people and grabbed hold of their hearts Uh uh, and and gave them a, a sound that was sweet but heavy. And so... As we uh, and they top the charts with with multiple songs from that record, and I, I, I bring all this up just to say uh, the question for Def Leppard after having done that, after having 
created this massive work of art that was era defining. Um, what do they do after that? How do they keep going? Uh, should they just quit after hysteria? So Dan, I think he's asking you, what do you think Def Leppard did? Uh, do you think they tried to do the exact same thing? Do you think they doubled down and they're like, let's get more poppy or were they like, let's get back to our roots and start playing some dive bars again. Uh, so this is my choose your own Def Leppard adventures. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly Dan. But you, you can't put your finger in the page when you make your choice. You can't be like, oh, I hope this, I don't accidentally get killed by the space vampire. Mm-hmm. And then the space vampire comes out of the air hatch. Yep. <laughs> That's my favorite choose your own adventure. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I'm going to, based on my knowledge of the typical band trajectory, I'm going to say that they got more poppy after after that album. Well, you, sir, would be 100% correct. You are correct. They decided to go, yeah, well, they decided to continue their journey into poppier and poppier music. Uh, they had to keep going. You can't silence Joe Elliott's voice. He, it would not have been an option to stop. And as far as like, if, if the other option that you put on the table was, should they get go back to their roots, get a little more heavy, get a little more gritty? The problem with that is Def Leppard after Hysteria, a few years after Hysteria, uh, they don't have either of their original guitarists. And they started out as a guitar-driven British metal band. And so they're kind of left without that original heart of what was their original sound. So they can't really go back to that. They lost Pete Willis uh, because of his drinking problem uh, back in the eighties. And then unfortunately on January 8th, 1991, we lost Steve Steeman Clark. Also to, to drinking, to, to drinking and, and drugs. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to cheapen, uh, an actual man's actual death with one of our regular conspiracy theories. But, um, but I will point out that the Soviet union dissolved mere months after, uh, Steve Clark died. And, uh, and, and I, so I, I'm going to say it's probably <laughs> absolutely true that Steve Clark died of, uh, drinking and there was, uh, I think morphine in his blood, but even if Def Leppard was not, uh, involved directly in taking down the Soviet Union, as we always say, it would be silly to claim they had no effect at all on the Soviet Union's demise. That seems sure. short-sighted. It's the right. butterfly effect. I mean, even if they're just flapping their wings, you mm-hmm. know, the Berlin Wall will fall. Exactly. And do you think that uh, this was like a sacrifice? Do you think that Steve Clark was like, well, this is the only way I can take down the monster that is Gorbachev. Well, here, I, I, I Gorbachev, I, known for being one of the most monstrous of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like six. He was like sixteen feet tall, right? Yeah, sure. I, I said I didn't want to cheapen a man's death, and uh, it, but I will tell you my my actual theory of what of what happened, which was that Def Leppard had a ton. Of, this this album came out four and a half years after Hysteria. Adrenalized did. Sorry, we're talking about Adrenalized now, mm-hmm. uh, and it took them four and a half years to record and put it out, but. Uh, they were having kind of writer's block. They weren't, they weren't finishing a lot of their ideas. They, they, they claim in the liner notes for Adrenalize, they blame it on 
illness and like gear issues and stuff. But if you've played music, you know, that just means they weren't inspired and they were just kind of blaming it on like a broken guitar string or whatever. So uh, what I think happened is the Soviet Union was going along strong. They were doing great. And then uh, when Steve Clark died, it as it, as it, as they say in the liner notes for Adrenalize, it kind of kicked the band back in gear and they were like, OK, we need to finish this record now. We need to get it done because life is precious and short and we need to do as much as we can. They basically say that in the liner notes. Uh, there's a very candid little note. And uh, I think that that probably here's my theory is that that mm-hmm. inspired a coup that attempted to take over the Soviet Union when that failed all the all the uh, countries involved in the Soviet Union started to splinter away and that's what dissolved the whole thing okay that's an interesting theory I mean I'm sure it'll get backed up at some point mm-hmm. so we're here to talk about adrenalize uh I think usually when we talk about one of the, we, these records, we talk about the uh, the album artwork first, yes, right? Yes, we should absolutely get into the cover. Dan, I want to talk to you about the cover. All right. Do you have an Stuart. image of it in front of you? Do you guys have the cassette? I do now. Sure. All right. What we have here is what appears to be a big uh, iris and a pupil, but yes. uh, the iris is uh, sort of extending into the pupil in a very uh, sort of massive electric energy sort of way, uh, like one of those balls in Spencer's Gifts or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just oh, yes, yes, old-fashioned exactly. lightning. Yeah, yeah. There, it looks like there's lightning coming towards you from the eyeball. Yeah. And there's a little, uh, there's a white dot that in that I think you see a lot in like anime and stuff in people's eyes to just show that sort of glisten. <laughs> You know, there's. A I, don't, I don't know if you know. Uh, Alex got his uh, his uh, his his minor in college in anime studies. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, just in the eyeballs, uh, yeah. which is a, which is yeah. a big part of it. The eyeballs are yeah. like ninety percent. Very so I just, expressive. Uh, yeah, I just I just analyzed the expressive qualities of anime eyeballs. And the thing is, I just accepted that white dot as like you say, as like the symbol of like, well, this is a shiny eye. But now that you've mentioned it, like I can't stop looking at how it's a perfect circle. Yeah, it's not like it's not like how light would reflect off your eye. It is it's it's like someone like took a punch mm-hmm. punch hole it thing. Is. And yeah, it is. It's like a punch hole eye. thing. So this, this I, was done by Andy Airfix, who did the album artwork for the last two albums. Just just to say, you know, I think I I actually read a rumor on a subreddit somewhere about how the history of this artwork is that they actually played this album for a listener oh, okay. and they he- they held up a camera to his eyeball. That's and interesting. They took a picture of the effect that this album <laughs> had on his eye. Okay. He had yeah. a stroke. He's, I buy, yeah, no, I, yeah. buy, I buy that completely. He died. And he died. if you listen to this album in the dark, sometimes you'll see his ghost reflected in the mirror. Yeah. It's like one of those wintergreen lifesavers. If you turn the lights <laughs> off and play this album, a ghost shows up. You'll see. No, if you bite into a wintergreen lifesaver in the dark, yeah. it sparks a little bit. What are you talking about? I'm talking about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about if you turn the lights off and play Adrenalize, you will see lightning <laughs> coming out of people's eyes. <laughs> 
Uh, I thought you would see the ghost of the guy who died from listening to a drone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that, that's possible too. I do, I do. So Here, what, here's what I don't understand about your story: is <laughs> wouldn't everybody die when they listen to adrenaline? <laughs> no, it, it was the it was the first guy. It was a rough cut that wasn't <laughs> it wasn't filtered. <laughs> it was too. So, Mullang had to destroy that version of the album. So the unmixed, unmixed, unmastered <laughs> adrenaline would kill a man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Where I do mean, they die? Did. Where do they die in the peak of white lightning, or do they die when uh, personal property comes on? When those fucking <laughs> licks from personal that's property the, happen? That's the thing, Alex. Uh, we're not covering the entire album today. We're just talking about the first song. Yeah, and I'll let you know when we reach that point in the, the point album where the guy died. Yeah, where where the guy died. Where you'll see the ghost if you're listening to this album <laughs> in the dark. So there's one more thing to talk about with the cover. Uh, besides, there's lots of stuff on the on the insert of the uh, of the gatefold or whatever it's called in a in a cassette. But uh, there, if you look closely, gentlemen, can you see to the bottom left, just above the D in Adrenalize, very faintly? Mm-hmm. Can you see anything there? Uh, uh. Can you see anything, Dan? Looks like a little face to me. A little you, face? Wait, hold on. Face? Are you guys looking at the cover of the cassette or are you looking at the cover of the uh of, of the album or is it like a, a an image file online? It's like an image file online. Okay. Well, let me just cuz I I'm actually not sure if this is in the like if you if you were to just google image it or whatever, but I'm I'm looking at the cassette. And what I've got here, let me hold it up to the camera real quick. <laughs> You're not going to be able to see this. It's very faint. But uh, right above the D in Adrenalize, to the bottom left of it is a small, faint crosshair. Like a, like the exactly the crosshair oh, from like- the cover of Pyromania. Uh-huh. Which is oh, a... Oh, it's a callback is a callback but it's but it's also it's as if you took it's as if you turned 180 degrees from the carnage and the flames coming out of that uh out of that office building that they've blown up on the cover of pyromania and you've turned around and you've seen that the eye is sparking lightning and the and the uh crosshairs are kind of falling away as if as if we're we're moving on from that or or something like that. I don't know. Where did Stuart go? Stuart uh was taken by uh the ghost. The ghost the ghost of we Adrenalize? Li- yeah, we were listening to Adrenalize while you were talking. Mm-hmm. And uh the ghost came. Oh. Oh, the ghost has returned <laughs> with beers. Okay, so did we talk about how the Def Leppard logo is the same as in the past couple albums, the classic spiky red and, uh, red and yellow logo? Yeah, the Def Leppard font. Yeah. Uh, which looks looks fantastic. Uh, you no, know, it's a, a sans serif font. I'll say that about it. I love the it's Def a- Leppard font. It's really great as long as you stick to the original letters that are in the words Def Leppard. As soon as you get outside of that, they get a little funky. They get a little weird, and they get a little hard to make look cool. Yeah. The B I can't is, imagine like a Q in that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know offhand what the Q looks like. I know the B looks kind of garbage. Um, 
There's a lot. There's a lot wrong with it as a as a general font, but as the as just the words Def Leppard, yeah, you, it is perfect. You, you don't want to turn in a whole term paper in that <laughs> font. Yeah, you want to turn in on Wingdings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's let's get started talking about uh, let's get rocked. Let's go ahead and get rocked. Shall we? So this we? is this is the the lead off track. Now, Def Leppard has a history of putting a banger right up front, baby. Oh yeah, something to get your blood a pumping. Yeah. They don't fuck around. There's not like some kind of an acoustic lead in. You don't hear Frodo and his buddies just hanging out. <laughs> We're talking nothing but uh, nothing but pedal to the metal banger, Dan. Yeah. So we've got so so album one, we got Rock Brigade as our first song. Album two, Mm -hmm. we got uh, Let It Go as our Mm -hmm. first song. Album three, Rock Rock Till You Drop, and Hysteria, uh, you know, classically opens with Women, and this one opens with Let's Get Rocked. Do we wanna get rocked? Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. Uh, Let's talk about what just happened. (laughs) We heard, uh, we we heard, do you want to get rocked? Right? Mm -hmm. That that seems to me like uh, like we're actually opening the album unadorned by music with just uh, Joe Elliott's trickster god, Coyote Spirit, character mm-hmm. that we've talked about so much just welcoming you to you know Def Leppard 2.0 do you want to get rocked and then uh and then we have let's get let's get let's get rocked they say it like a question yeah and it builds like that music just builds like you feel like you're in a stadium full of uh like-minded Def Leppard lovers and yeah, I like I like that the song isn't shouting at me to get rocked it first asks me whether I want to get rocked, right? And then sort of just like it's like a suggestion, like, "Hey, let's get, let's get, let's get rocked." Well, yeah, you got I, nothing else to do. I think it's one of the most rocking questions that's ever been asked. When they go, "Let's get rocked," the voice raises up at the end of that, like it's like it's just it's not coming at you too hard. It's not saying you have to get rocked. You know, if Kiss wrote this song, they would have been like, "You need to get rocked." Def Leppard's bringing it to you, like you say, a little bit more like a, like like a proposition. Like they want to sell you on it, and they know they haven't sold you on it yet. And if it's not for you, they're giving you the opportunity to, you know, check out. Like get out of here. Yeah. Which is what makes them cool. go on. Get just you. Get, get. out of here. No. Go yeah. on. Get let's hear you. Let's hear the first verse. Uh, a little spoiler uh, alert. Is that mm-hmm. they they get to they get down to business in this song, real quick. They they do not fuss around. It's not and like this, it's not like women where there's like five minutes of build up to to what you're actually what the point is. And this song it was their lead off single for the album. Yeah. Oh yeah, great point. This is the lead single. Uh, it was a it was a kind of it was one of the first videos to use like uh, to use computer animation. Wait, and it was it, one of the first? It was so realistic looking, right, Dan? Mm-hmm. 
Dan and I just rewatched the video to prepare for this oh, ep- awesome. this episode. Oh, what a great and, video. And it was crazy. Like it felt like I had to tell Dan, I'm like, that's all computer animation. Cause he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no way. He's like, come on, get real. And I'm like, I I'm trying to get real, Dan. That's computer animation. He was like, how was, many, how many roles did Andy circus play in this thing? Yeah. Uh, he played the, the kid, the legs, uh, the, the, <laughs> the when legs the, <laughs> when the kid morphs into the uh, the lawnmower. <laughs> he played the uvula. Yep. Oh he man, that uvula, uvula is so badass. Character. I wish I had watched the video just before this. Might have gotten yeah. me, uh, you know, might have gotten me all worked up though. Here we go. Uh, let's hear the first verse. So I think there's a lot of important stuff to talk about. One, there is no way that's within our legal limits to play that much of the song. Yeah. In one <laughs> uh, number two, uh, it it feels like it would be redundant for me to read the lyrics out loud since they're very clear in the song. This is yeah. These are some of the most clear lyrics uh, that that. Def Leppard has presented to us. I don't know if it's it's the fact that it's almost a little bit like song speak. You know, it's like he's a little bit just sort of he's a little bit just sort of speaking it. Uh, but I think I think we can go through. We can touch on some of the some of the highlights of, of verse one. That is a long verse. Uh, yeah, it's, Def Leppard it's likes to long. get to the bridge a little quicker than that. But they've got they got a lot of um, I don't know. There's just a lot going on. Uh, main thing going on the big thing going on big surprise bombshell that they drop at the very beginning of adrenalize is that joe elliott still lives with his dad that's fucking amazing that's crazy right and he's a grown-up dan yeah of a successful rock band <laughs> yeah, yeah had, had any of successful. us had any of us considered before we heard this song that joe elliott in 1991 after the success of hysteria lived with his dad and that his dad would wake him up every morning by saying, get your butt out of bed, uh, move your sleepy head, mow the lawn, walk the dog, take out the trash, tidy your room. I mean, you know, maybe he just craves boundaries, you know? Yeah, he needs a little bit of order. Maybe after his crazy rock star lifestyle, he needs uh, he needs to be brought back to earth, Dan. Like he needs some normalcy in his life. Mm hmm. And that picking up dog poop is all that keeps him grounded. And that, yeah, that's part of it. Like I can't imagine his dad, his, his dad is doing him a service by like giving him a specific time to wake up. Yeah. Uh, because it also, it also doesn't really make sense to have your own place if you're going to be on the road all the time the way Def Leppard was. I mean, they went on mm-hmm. numerous world tours for Hysteria. So basically it just makes financial sense. To financial not. sense for him to just stay, stay home. With with his dad, I think it's interesting that he thinks walking his dog 
is not his style. Yeah. Like his, like his, the dog doesn't jive with his style. I don't know if that means it's a specific (laughs) kind of dog. Yeah. It could be dog breed. It could just be his, you know, he doesn't, he he doesn't couch out as small, uh, smaller animals. Maybe he just feels like it's beneath him. Like that there's a, that God has laid down some sort of, uh, you know, we have dominion over the beasts, so uh, it's not his style to uh, to cater to a dog. Yeah, to cater oh to cater to a dog because I mean I I think you could be a you could be a hard rock and metal dude from the eighties and and walk your dog in a way that that asserted that you were the dominant person oh, in the sure. relationship over the dog. And it's funny. So you said you were you were saying like it's not his style, like it's a small dog. I yeah. don't know, but like a small dog can be pretty cool. Like well, uh, I can, I like can a totally Hills see, Chihuahua or like Elvira's poodle that has okay. like a mohawk. Well, think about like think about Joe Elliott with his hair, you know, all kind of all kind of shaggy and cut, all all um what I don't know, like it's all feathered and shit, you know. Yeah, and he's wearing like an admiral's costume. Yeah, and he's yeah he's got the <laughs> he's got the Union Jack like uh like he's <laughs> admiral's costume. That's great. He's walking <laughs> along. And he's got like a Yorkie or something. And the Yorkie could be also, you know, the, the hair all done up and stuff. I think mm-hmm. that could totally be his style if he would just embrace it. That's the other thing that's surprising to me. Is that's that he the thing. His dad, I think there's only one dog for Joe Elliott to walk around with, and that's a British bulldog. Mm-hmm. Does the dog wearing anything? Or is it just... Yeah, like a, like a tank top, okay. like a muscle shirt. A Union a, Jack. A Union Jack. A Union it. Jack muscle shirt. Yeah, probably. Or maybe a picture of Churchill on it. Smoking a cigar. <laughs> who himself looked kind of like a bulldog. Who's also wearing a tank top on the picture on the shirt that has a Union Jack on it and a bulldog. Or it could be some anti, like, anti-Russian propaganda written on it. Like, uh, you know, like the way people walk around in, in T-shirts about ISIS right now. Like, it could be, it could he could put something like that on his dog. Wait, you see a lot of T-shirts with uh, anti-ISIS stuff on it? Yeah, people aren't crazy about ISIS right now. They're really they're they're in like kind of a valley uh, public, you know the, the 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 public view of them. And that's one of those things low. that like a like a T-shirt can clean up, clear up. I, I'm just I'm actually I'm I'm thinking of a f- pretty clearly photoshopped image of Kurt Russell that I saw wearing like a <laughs> wearing like a down with ISIS like vote for Trump shirt that uh, that I think somebody made. Well, I'm sure somebody made, but uh, but that was this, the best yeah, thing you, that that popped into the front of my dude, mind. You as know, I was Goldie talking. wouldn't let that shit happen. That's right. Yeah. As yeah. as awesome as Kurt Russell is, you know, Goldie Hawn's got that shit on lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Like what she says goes. And unless yeah. uh, unless Ivanka has gotten to where you know Kate Hudson, oh oh, that's possible. Yeah, she would be like poison dad, the well. Come on, <laughs> come on, Dad. Come yeah, on. that's a pretty good with Kate the, Hudson impression yeah. you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> with all the with all the kissing and the grabbing, you're gonna support Trump. Come on. Hey, it's me, Kate Hudson's regular co-star, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Smoke weed. All right, all, all right, right, all right. right. <laughs> yep. What what kind of shirt do you think Matthew McConaughey has on right now? What what's on his t-shirt? There's what is no he way. celebrating or dissing on his t-shirt? First right off, at this there's moment? no way there's sleeves on that t-shirt. Okay. Yeah, I, I would dispute the fact that the <laughs> premise of the question. <laughs> That he's wearing a shirt at all. 
What do you think he's wearing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is the uh, what's that? Uh, that's a stupid Star Trek uh, question. <laughs> the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, yeah, that's what Alex of, is proposing. Of questions. Do you guys think it's no possible? This one. Do you guys think it's possible? He's just written "fuck" sleeves on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> while while he has nothing on his torso, yeah, yeah, yeah. he says "fuck sleeves." Fuck sleeves, especially. That's probably yeah, what it says. Sure. And there's a lot. No, it says fuck sleeves asterisk. And then like there's a little like tiny asterisk down by his navel. It says and the rest of my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear the let's hear the bridge. Let's hear this beautiful bridge. It's my least favorite part of every episode of this podcast when I have to stop the tape right before the chorus starts. That yeah. is brutal. So we got a bridge that kind of sets you up for that chorus. It doesn't build as much, I think. Like, I think it's kind of one... I think compared to some past uh, Def Leppard bridges, it's pretty, pretty one kind of uh, level. Now, Alex... Yes, you know, you know about music. Sure. <laughs> uh, is it normal for the bridge to occur uh, after the first verse, before the first chorus, or is it more typical for the bridge to come later in the song? We actually we talked about this on a on a recent episode. It, uh, episode. Episode. Sorry. There are a few different definitions of bridge that people use, mm-hmm. um, and. One of the uh, one that is very common in talking about uh, sort of pop and pop rock music is the bridge that is a middle eight, which is like sort of comes after the second chorus, right? And is a sort of like a third. It's like considered like the. It's basically just the third part of the song. When we talk about bridges in Def Leppard, we're using a like a, a sort of more of a hard rock but also sometimes even like classical music uses bridge like this, where it's the thing that takes you from it's the bridge from the verse to the chorus. And we use that with Def Leppard because they generally have the chorus is or the bridge is oftentimes like the most distinct part of the song. Um, So there's a, there's a few different ways to talk about it. A lot of people call what we call the bridge, the pre-chorus. Um, Uh And 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 that is that is definitely a pre-chorus right there. But we just feel like it has a uh, it has enough of a distinct character that we'll just give it the name bridge because it's not it's not a it's not like subservient to the chorus. It's like its own special thing. All right, but there but there are different there are different ways to sort of delineate yeah, I th- that. I think I'm used to it referring to the the middle part of the song. Uh, yeah, more typically. But I can see where it makes sense uh, etymologically that it is literally the bridge from the verse to the chorus. Yeah, we talk about the propulsion of like... It's like you're on an escalator. Yeah, exactly. First floor is the verse. Second floor is the chorus. And you are on this very fast, exhilarating escalator that takes you up. That like grabs you under your armpits, actually, and just throws you up there 
That's mm-hmm. the that's how exciting the bridges are in Death. Although Leopard in this case, the bridge is not as exciting. It's pretty straightforward. Well, let me let me say this about it, Stuart, real quick. Uh, it has, I think, it has a, a it it starts at such a high place that like seven day weekend up all night in at the deep end, hang on tight, and then the won't take a minute, won't take long. What I think what you're hearing as not as propulsive uh, or not as like exhilarating is actually that they're just they have this it vamps for a minute. It like extends out that last part of instead of just going hang on tight and then going right to the chorus. They have the won't take a minute, won't take long. So get on in it. Come on, come on, come on. That part is like flatline. Because it's making you wait. You feel every oh. moment. You feel every moment of waiting for the chorus to start. And so that's you're like, like you're, you're edging. Exactly, exactly. Dan, can you explain edging to our listeners? Sure. It's a method of delaying a lot of erotic pleasure by yeah. staying on the knife's edge, let's say, <laughs> of spilling over into the ultimate pleasure for as long as you possibly can. Very important to Joe Elliott as well, as we as we found out at the end of Hysteria, edging yourself is a is a great way to keep your keep your mind uh, sort of vital and uh, and focused and sharp. And uh, I actually read a I, I read a a like a BuzzFeed thing. Did you guys see that BuzzFeed article that was talking about fucking a bar of soap that came out the other day? Uh, I did see that. You saw that I the did mas- in fact see that yeah masturbation hacks. Did yeah. you see the one about edging yourself where you just, instead of <laughs> beating ta- off... You, you, you tap the end, <laughs> the end of your penis while uh, under your underwear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> you have like a boner, <laughs> but your underwear is still on. Sure, yeah. And you're like, tapping the end of your penis. Now, like through my underwear? Yeah, do I reach my hand Stuart, into my underwear? Stuart, it's very important that you understand this is a masturbation <laughs> hack. This, okay. Is, okay. this is what someone has defined as a way to... Hack the matrix of masturbating. Okay, right? and they're they're big. These fucking... are new pleasures that you've not experienced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm Pinhead here to tell you. Oh wow, <laughs> we're taking you to the edge. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, I imagine the devil would come bearing a pleasing form, and clearly he has. Uh, the so I have a couple questions about these masturbation hacks. Are these are these things that you found on like a deep forum on like Pornhub or in like the Brazzers forum section? No, no. Again, this was just something. This was just some BuzzFeed thing that was going. Oh, around. so it was on BuzzFeed because it's a yeah, major because it was, uh, media outlet. Because it was because it was called masturbation hacks, and because the big one was that you cut a hole in a bar of soap and fuck it, but you How don't do you cut it. a hole in a bar of soap with scissors or it's so stupid. I don't know. Like that's the thing that's so stupid about it is you, it just says basically like cut a hole. Like you're supposed to know exactly how to cut a perfect hole for your dick in a bar of soap. And then it says <laughs> that you should put a condom on because you don't want the soap to like, uh, I guess you don't want to have a reaction clean, to clean how much your soap wiener? you're, yeah, you, oh, you're freezing up. Yeah, you don't want your wiener to you don't want your wiener to get too clean <laughs> in the process because that can hurt your wiener. So oh, wait, they, if you get soap in your your penis hole, oh maybe yeah, maybe that. 
I want to say I thought momentarily about the idea of opening the box from uh, Hellraiser, the Le Marchand configuration, yep. and uh, and having Pinhead come out and just tap the tip of your dick <laughs> through your underwear for a few minutes and just and just being like, "Hey, oh, you like that? You like that? <laughs> Is this Pinhead. driving you crazy? Is this driving you crazy?" And, and, and Chatterbox comes from behind a spinning <laughs> thing of spikes, and he's holding a piece of soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pinhead comes out. He's like, "I got some masturbation hacks, dude." <laughs> he's like, "Can I get can I get a diameter or something? Dude. Do you have like a pineapple here, core here? Wrap this yarn around your penis, and we'll get a <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a fucking tailor. <laughs> we'll get an idea." <laughs> All right. Speaking of edging, we have been edging the shit out of our listeners by not playing the chorus of this song. Mm-hmm. So let's fucking do it. So how close, I mean, uh, give me a metric between one and five. How close were you when reading that article on masturbation hacks when you scrolled all the way down right before you got to that collection of like bullshit clickbait articles that are like, look at these celebrities now or like which celebrity is dead now? And you're like, Melissa McCarthy's not dead. Um, When right before that, there's the share this article. How close were you like, I want to share this article on Facebook (laughs) Zero zero percent. That was, I, I, was, there, I didn't ask for a percentage. I said one to oh, five. Ha, oh, one to five. Uh, uh-huh. So zero. Can zero work if I, if we're doing one to five? You didn't say zero to five, so I'll say one. I'll say one. Okay, so you kind of want to do a little. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, Rack him. Yeah, just all so, right, uh, so, just so all the people in your Facebook Rolodex would be like, Oh, Alex knows how to party. <laughs> he knows how to roll solo sometimes. Yeah. He means knows it's, how to roll sopo. <laughs> uh, you can't good. you can't share hack stuff anyway. You can't share life hacks because the basically even if You can't share them on the internet well, on Facebook. No, here's my it, what I'm saying is if you were to share masturbation life hack tips on Facebook, unironically, if you were to be like, "Hey, look at all these," people would just be like, "Oh, you didn't know? You didn't know about that? You didn't know about tapping oh. your tapping your under your your dickhead under your underpants? <laughs> you didn't know about that, dude? I've been doing that for years. You can't do it." Oh, okay, I get it. So you don't want to embarrass yourself by right, being right. behind the curve on masturbation X. <laughs> Let's talk about the chorus of "Let's Get Rock." But real quick, that reminds me of. Uh, I when I was in high school, this guy Jim I knew had did this thing where he claimed that if you pushed on your taint in a specific way, <laughs> go on, you would shit. You would shit super fast. <laughs> he called it the turbo shit. Button. He called it the. Uh, the toothpaste tube theory. So Wait, no, did he for real call it the turbo shit button? Yeah. So. <laughs> And he he swore that this worked, and it because why why are you wasting all this time sitting on the toilet when you could just shit really fast? Yeah, and yeah, be up sure. and out of there. 
I love I, so we all were like, this is crazy. I don't think this exists. And uh, he convinced he his girlfriend claimed that she also try, she also used this maneuver to shit quickly. And at that point, we're like, I'm not going to push the issue anymore because this is getting weird that he has gotten somebody else to join him in his his cause of lying about the turbo <laughs> shit button. That seems like, super. That seems really weird. That a that a that d- when you get down into that area, that male and female like situation would be that, would be too would different. be too different to like have a one shit button. But sorry, Dan, you were about to say something. No, I just like the way it sounds like uh, a TV like ad for a TV product, <laughs> like. Like, why are you spending so much time on the toilet? Yep, so there's like a black and white shot of a guy like wasting his whole day on the toilet. Like, yeah, exactly. There's a woman trying to make pasta on the toilet and she's spinning it. She's like (laughs) spilling it everywhere. It's in black and white. Uh Yeah, it's a guy and you can see X over it. You can see behind him through his open door frame, like his phone is ringing off the hook and he's like, I can't answer it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's when they uh, that's when they sell you the turbo shit button, and that's in <laughs> turbo color. Shit button. So this it involves somehow like lifting your legs up in the air, <laughs> and then like using your thumb to push on your taint. Well, now wait a minute, because people do say if you squat that it's quicker. People do actually say that about shit. So you're saying that. The button the is irrelevant. Is the, button, the, the button is That's just for pleasure. <laughs> he just had never heard people talk about those those squatty potty things where you put like some, like there's these steps that you put next to your toilet and you lift your legs up and it makes you shit faster, apparently. I've never done it. But yeah, so he's basically, <laughs> he's basically doing that, but then uh, adding a little like taint stimulation to it. See, I can imagine lifting your legs up in a squat position. When Stuart first said it, I was imagining just like straight legs up <laughs> yeah. from the toilet. Yeah, I mean, I never like saw you're doing him some do sort it. of like really complex Pilates move, you know, or you're one of the Rockettes or something. Mm-hmm. I actually, when he first said it, I imagined that somebody was just bent, like standing in front of the toilet with their ass <laughs> towards the toilet, not sitting on it at all, and bent over and then just presses the button and it's like a horse or something. It just like shoots out uh, and goes into the... That's what I imagined. <laughs> He's not wasting time to sit down at all. He's just like... It like rocket like a, rockets out. like a foghorn sound <laughs> that accompanies it. It goes... Oh, that's great. Okay, so... So the chorus, the of, chorus of Let's Get Rocked. Rock. Stuart, do you want to read those lyrics? Let's get... Yeah. Let's get... Okay, in case anybody didn't hear it. Let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get rocked. Let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get rocked. Yep. Let's go all the way. Yeah. Get it night and day. Come on. Let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get rocked. Hmm. So that, uh... I mean, it's... To the point, yeah, it's, yeah. Ex- it's ex- explicit in its desires. Mm-hmm. Is it though? It, I think it's a little bit. It's interesting to me that uh, that they've coined a new phrase, right? We don't know the phrase "Let's get rocked" from anywhere, right? No, you I guys mean, don't know of a. You guys don't know of people saying "Let's get rocked" <laughs> other than other than this, right? And before this, he says "Let's get the rock out of here," right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't know that expression at all. And I think if you, you know, if you're 
if you've got a song called the Humpty Dance, for instance, at some point in the song, you generally want to explain what the Humpty Dance is, how you do it, right? Yeah. So Let's Get Rocked has a very, has actually pretty vague, uh, it's pretty vague what, what he actually means when he says Let's Get Rocked at this point, right? Yeah, I remember when this uh, music video was really popular, my friend Misha told my mom uh, that the rock part of uh, the rock was a substitute for the word fuck. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, it certainly so would let's be get the, let's get the rock out of here. Yeah. Well, you know, but, that's, that's funny. I have a very distinct, I have a very, very, very vivid, distinct memory from this. So I, when I bought this cassette, when it came out, I, we, my family went to visit for, I think like a week or something, my uh, aunt and uncle and my cousins in Tempe, Arizona. And I remember riding somewhere, probably to McDonald's or something to get a happy meal with my uncle. And I put the tape in and I played him, let's get rocked thinking, you know, like I'm going to impress the shit out of my uncle with how awesome and rocking this, this song is. And I just remember, um, he's a little conservative, very Christian guy. And he heard, let's get the rock out of here. And he like stopped it and talked to me for a second because he thought they said, let's get the fuck out of here. And he said, I think I heard the F word in there. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. And I remember being like, I remember yeah, yeah, being, you're like, my boys play it clean. Yeah, I remember. I remember being very adamant, like defend as defending to him, probably in the lamest, like twelve-year-old way. Like these guys <laughs> wouldn't. These guys wouldn't say that. No, Def Leppard wouldn't say that. The other thing that I remember very dis- distinctly about that car ride is I mentioned to him that Rick Allen was missing an arm, that the drummer only had one arm, and his response to that was that. Of course, the drummer only had one arm. It, it's not like he could be a guitarist and only have one arm. And he like totally downplayed uh-huh. the idea that Rick Allen was this great drummer who only had one arm because drums are the only thing you can play with one arm, basically. Well, I mean, he has a point. It would be very difficult to play the guitar with only one arm. I mean, you could do a lot of like tapping and, you know, just sort of like hammer-ons with your fingers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You could, you could figure it out. <clears throat> I, I see Dan's been doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of guitar work around here. Yeah. Oh, because my amp- amplifier's yeah, out. Yeah, because your that's... amplifier's out. Do you? Uh, have Do you, you want to play some guitar with for only us? one hand? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to play a song? For Do you want to play some licks for us, Dan? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Down, down, down. Now that sounds like your mouth. That doesn't sound like. He's got a filter on the guitar. It sounds like a mouth. That's awesome. That's like uh, what's his name? Uh, show show me the way, guy. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> imagine for a second the scenario of one of the Def Leppard guitarists losing an arm, mm-hmm. and and uh, as a way of getting back in the game the way that uh, the way that Rick Allen developed this system of of pedals and triggers uh, to to be able to play drums what if they just what if one of the guitarists for Def Leppard just started doing mouth guitar all the time <laughs> because because he lost an arm yeah do you wouldn't it have been weird if after Rick Allen lost his arm if one of the guitarists lost their arm and they're like, well, Rick's still in the band. I think that was like, yeah, uh, everyone who wants to, uh, kick me out of the band, raise their, <laughs> wait, what hand don't you have, Rick? 
<laughs> so uh, almost half of the band only has one arm and they're like raise the, <laughs> the only way you can be kicked out of the band is if everybody raises the arm that half the band doesn't have <laughs> let's uh okay let's hear the second verse you know what i'm because this this song is so rocking i'm just gonna go ahead i know it's a little bit outside our legally uh our legal boundaries of how long we can play a tune, but we got to hear, we got to hear the whole story. Yeah. We'll say that uh, Dan McCoy insisted on doing this so that all legal repercussions are directed at him. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll put his email in the description and you know, if there's legal problems, people can just, uh, people can send all that info his way. Here we go. This is verse two. And we're back into the same bridge from before. So, so wait a minute. So he was she she found some classical music on the radio. It was apparently a super group made up of uh, Chopin, Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, Tchaikovsky. That sounds amazing. It's impressive that this guy who seems kind of like your average everyday dude can recognize those musicians. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's he's li- rolling, he's like listing all of it. You know, it was like your it was like Bach, Tchaikovsky, you know, Bach, Beethoven, uh, Chopin, Mozart. Like he's listing all of these things that he knows a lot about, but he's saying it's not his scene. I think maybe he protests a little too much there. I don't know, because it, it, it sounds like he knows a whole lot about it. In fact, they drop a uh, in the middle of that. When he says Beethoven, you hear. Da-na-na-na. you hear the fifth the theme from the fifth symphony so there's like this little easter egg of an actual excerpt from beethoven and he knows that it's that piece by beethoven so again yeah. i think i think he's i think he's protesting a little too much what i think is interesting is the contrast of these two verses though let's talk about those for a second mm-hmm. so the first verse he wakes up, his dad wants him to do all these chores, he doesn't want to do it. He's kind of like a Bart Simpson character in the yeah. first verse, right? But almost like a uh, like a pre-irony Simpsons, Bart Simpson. Where like, you know, when the Simpsons started, you were like, it was about how Bart Simpson was cool because he was a rebel and he yeah. didn't want to do anything. Don't have so, a cow, man. Yeah. yeah. Cowabunga, Icarumba, yeah. all that stuff. Like eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. Like that was the, when we were. Long before this, we realized that was a dark sexual perversion. <laughs> <laughs> when this album yeah, came out. Just, just like Bill Cosby's time slot uh, <laughs> rival. <laughs> Mark Simpson was a sex criminal. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, so we actually lost our innocence much earlier with just yeah. uh, the the Simpsons becoming slightly more ironic as it went along. Uh, so, but this verse now he's on a date, 
And it's almost like a, it's more like a Seinfeld thing on this verse because he's found something to complain about that's very specific uh, about this woman is that she wants to listen to classical music, which is not his scene no. at all. He says, turn it off. It makes me want to scream. He hears these violins. I like that he says Bach, Tchaikovsky, violins. <laughs> uh, turn it off. That ain't my scene. So I think it's interesting that his strategy to uh, to get his this uh, potential uh, sex partner excited was to go for a ride, go for a drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is that a common thing? I've never I've never heard of that. Oh, I yeah. I back in uh, back in high school, you never took a girl for a ride. I mean, I've seen mood? a lot of depictions of the 50s in, like, George Lucas movies. Going to make-out spots and stuff, that yeah. kind of thing. So Dan, I, I, I Dan you ever taken sense. a girl for a ride to get her in the mood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, she could hear the sound of your engine. I've taken a girl to a make-out spot before, yeah. Yeah. In a car or on a car or on your bike? <laughs> I, I used a car. I mean, okay. it, was a, it was a family car at the time. It wasn't like I was... Had my own sweet, sweet ride or anything. Mm-hmm. Now, in your conservative, uh, like mi- like Midwestern town, was there a uh, was there a what was the sweet makeout spot? Do you know the name of of what it was? It, like I, it was like it was like my it was like a spot that I just like knew existed. I don't think it was like okay. even like a makeout spot. It like, wasn't like, like Vagina Junction. No, was I it just, like the parking lot of a Walmart or something where you could just be far away from the store? It was like a it was like a grove of trees. Oh, okay. it's like basically <laughs> okay. you're like driving yeah, yeah. out into the fields, and then there's a grove of trees. Okay. Uh, well, I think they I think they reveal some. Uh, Joe Joe reveals something pretty important to the story of the song here at the end. He says, "I'm sorry, girl. Here's my confession. I suppose a rock's out of the question. Which you could if you're doing the rock equals fuck." definition of let's get rocked you could just say he wants to fuck her but he but she listens to uh classical music i think yeah he's using the the slang vernacular for a, a rock like a diamond ring a proposal <laughs> yeah he wants to get married that's why he's on this date is because he wants to get married so that he can move out of his dad's house and doesn't have to do all of the chores mentioned in verse one and that's what let's get rocked is essentially about is about him wanting he's he's a rock star he's been around the world oh, let's get married that makes a lot of sense it's it's the opposite or sort of the inverse of if you like it then you should have put a ring on it this is let's get rocked let's get married let's Let's put my life when I'm at home from tour back in gear because I'm just waking up every day and my dad's giving me a ton of shit, making me walk his ugly dog. That's the that's the story going on in this song. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I could see how he I mean, he's gone through a lot over the last couple albums. And I could see that it might be time for him to settle down and get married, even if only to to for the the advantage of a new place to live yeah <laughs> but he doesn't yeah. want to marry somebody who's going to be playing a lot of tchaikovsky a lot of violins a lot of no, chopin that's a, that's a bummer dude yeah so we've got a we've got 
after this second chorus, we have a middle eight section. We have what Dan was talking about earlier, what a lot of people call a bridge. We have a third or a fourth at this point kind of section of the song. Let's listen to that real quick. Yep. All right, Stuart, will you read those lyrics for us real quick? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, all I want to do is take a ride into the blue. Wait, is that where we're at? Yeah. Every time I want to, I get stuck inside my room. Yep. Heaven knows I'm sick and tired of dancing with this broom. I feel lucky today. Hey, look at that, man. <laughs> do you want to get rocked? Do you want to get rocked? So those, uh, so hey, look at that man! I feel lucky today. Those are kind of ad libs, but I think it's funny on the uh, the official lyrics for this. They left a comma off of "Hey, look at that man." So it, if you if you're reading the <laughs> if you're reading the lyrics while you're listening to the song, it totally sounds like he says "Hey, look at that man" after he whistles, uh, which is pretty funny, and that might have contributed to why all of the people in Dan's town growing up thought that <laughs> Def Leppard was gay. The other thing, uh, the other thing notable in this, uh, in this middle eight section is, uh, heaven knows I'm sick. And so he's, he's complaining about how, uh, he just wants to hang out and have fun and bang chicks and all this stuff. And, uh, heaven knows I'm sick and tired of dancing with this broom, dancing with this broom. If you know anything about rock and roll, British rock and roll, you know that it's derived from American rock and roll, and you know that American rock and roll is derived from blues. And in blues, a reference to a broom is a reference to tugging it, to jerking it off. Um, that's that's what... Uh, is that uh, true, or is that more of your bullshit, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> is that more of your... That's actually a pretty bullshit. good question, Dan, Dr. Def. Dan, I got a question for you. What do you mean more of my bullshit? <laughs> when, when have I When ever, in the course of this Def Leppard podcast? When in the course of Till Def Do Us Papardi has Dr. Def ever led you astray from the facts, my friend? You're right. I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Sorry. Oh, good. Okay. So now I'll just say, so Robert Johnson, especially uh, notably has a song called dust my broom where he says, I woke up this morning, believe I'll dust my broom. And it's a mm -hmm. song very clearly about, about like his girlfriend's away or something. And he's got to jerk off. Yeah. And, and he's like, like nice. I'm going to, going to whip out my wiener. <laughs> Tug it around a bunch. He mentions cutting a hole in some soap and how difficult that is. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it. Uh, what I what I like about the the broom metaphor for uh, for tugging one out is that it, it is that it highlights what a chore it is if it's like the whole if it's your whole sexual life is yeah. masturbating then it becomes this like chore that you've got to do. So, the, so that's what he, that's what he means here with dancing with this broom. It's like clearing out your uh, TiVo. It should be fun. 
Right. But it becomes like pressure. Like <laughs> now you got to masturbate too. Right. Come right. on. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching. I'm already watching shit on my TiVo. I don't need to be masturbating through this episode of. I don't know what what what's on your TiVo, Dan. A bunch of episodes uh, of uh, like CSI Miami. Yeah, uh, ABC's new hit series, Speechless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you taking your broom to that shit, dude? <laughs> no, it's, it's gross. <laughs> Why would I do that? It's a, fa- it's a family comedy about a, about dealing with a disability. Yeah, it's weird. Why are you doing that? Um, so, uh, moving on, we have. Uh, I think at that point we have a really sweet guitar solo. Oh, fucking. Out. Real sweet, real short, real fine guitar solo occurs right now. Here we go. All right. Beautiful. Uh, I love that. When they, when they brings it all the way up the neck. So that is... um. That again, unfortunately, we have lost Steve. That that solo is definitely one hundred percent Phil Collin. No steam and um, Steve. No steam and Steve. But that but that solo really steams. I think it's a nice tribute to to Steve. This song is in some ways a tribute. It's not a literal tribute to Steve, but it is one of the last songs they wrote for the album, and it's after Steve died. And I think that they were motivated and inspired. Yeah. By losing a friend uh, and a and a and a business partner, I'm sure on a later episode we'll go in more depth into a song that is literally a uh, a dedication yeah. to the passing of uh, Steve Clark, and that's "Song and Emotion" by the band Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Not a joke. That's true. No, it is. That is totally true. <laughs> that the song "Song and Emotion" by Tesla is a tribute to Steve Clark. Steaming knew- Steve Clark. Was they Tesla knew, a Christian rock band? No, I don't think so. No, okay. no. But they... they well, why, why would they be a... Oh, you're thinking of Str- uh, Striper. Okay. Striper is the big metal band that was also a Christian band. All right. Um, and I'm trying to think if, te- if there's a band that sounds more like Tesla that was a Christian band. But but no, Tesla is not. Um, Tesla did a cover... Not- Tesla did that cover of the Signs song that was pretty big, and okay. then and then they had you, uh, "What You Give" was their biggest hit, which I, is a song I fucking love. But "Song and Emotion" is if if I die, don't bother to write "Song and Emotion" about me. It's, it sort of just sounds like they only knew one thing about him, and that's that he made music. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tesla. Sorry if you're. Well, listening. You, you think it should cover other aspects of his personal life, like? Whichever footy club he supports, uh, <laughs> and uh, what his favorite meal is. It's a weird. It's just a weird tribute because it's like he. They, there's all this stuff about like the rain coming down, and he's able to like shield himself from the rain and the storm through song and emotion. And it's like that's not really true, dude. Just like, saying, it's a great song. Is it? Um, you know what? Let's stop this. Let's let's stop ragging on somebody. We'll cover it. Somebody's, we'll, we'll cover Sony in motion on a later episode to a friend. I don't want to. I don't want to rag on it, but it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite tribute to somebody that I've ever heard. So what we do have after this is uh, we have a uh, like kind of a an anthemic stomp clappy kind of the music falls away version of the chorus 
that's everybody and everybody's supposed to sing along. So, Dan, go ahead, put down your beer and sing along to this. Frozen. Sing along to, to Frozen. So we had a modulation in there. We had a bit of like a breakdown section where everybody's supposed to sing along. And instead of singing along, Dan, you you just sat there and Stuart, you got up and went to the bathroom. Uh, and then we had a modulation and then the song ended. <laughs> now the song is over. But what I like about the end of that song is that it feels like it feels very much to me like the end of like a superhero movie or something. You know, where it's like there's more to come, where it's got that like swirling thing that's going on. And then he goes, do you want to get rocked? And then he goes, Shoop! and it, you know, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum. it's like the end of the Matrix where he flies off or um, or it's like uh, it's like Doc Brown when he flies the train at the end of uh, Back to the Future 3 with the Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah, with the creepy uh, little people yeah, in it's, it. It's a with the kid pointing to his penis. But yeah, with the kid pointing to his dick at the end of Back to the Future Three. It's like that, basically, is what is what Let's Get Rocked at the end makes me makes me feel like. Makes me feel like watching a creepy dude point at his dick from, from the side of a train. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's I mean it's pretty exciting. Um yeah, I think it's I think it's a great it's it's a song that's very aware that it's the first song on the album. Heck of it's, a banger to start off your album, man. Let's get rocked. It's just an invitation. It's an invitation to be destroyed. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> uh, it's whatever you just said. The feed broke up a little bit, but I'm oh, assuming shit. you were saying it was an invitation to be destroyed. That is what that is what I was saying. The Yeah, it, it just broke up for me, too. Are you still there? We're still here. We're yeah, still okay. Oh, yeah, of course. It's okay. Let's just, um, uh, all right. Well, we can just sort of wrap this up. We've gone Let's long do final anyway. judgments. <laughs> final, ju <laughs> <laughs> final judgments. This song fucking rules, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, this was your first time ever hearing the song Let's Get Rocked. That's true. I, oh, really? I don't know. I think I, saw, I think I heard it back in the day. I think that when I was watching MGV... This was a song that uh, would show up from time to time. I think I remember the uh, One Step Above, Bunny for Nothing, Dire Straits uh, computer animation on this thing. Oh, wait, sure. Yeah, wait, yeah. that was computer animation? I thought that was a real person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. This song, uh, this song was actually my, personally, this was my like real entree 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 into Def Leppard. I remember seeing that video and thinking like these guys are so cool. 
and thinking the song sounded like cool people having fun. And I just like I went out and bought the tape. And then when I bought Hysteria after that, because I didn't own Hysteria before I heard this song, that's when I realized that all the great hits that I loved, Pour Some Sugar on Me and Love Bites and all those songs were also the same band. And that was kind of like a revelation for me as a as a young man. So I have really, really strong feelings about how much I love this this song, especially on this album. Because this was your gateway. It was my gateway. This uh, this song sucked me in. When they said, do you want to get rocked? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, so, yeah. yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll have <laughs> one for me. <laughs> I'll have what everyone else is having, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Stuart, where would you rank this song as uh, as Def Leppard songs go? I would put this near the top of Def Leppard songs. <laughs> excellent, excellent choice. <laughs> um, I would say when it comes to lead off uh, singles and lead off songs on the album. I would actually put this probably behind women and rock, rock, never stop. So I'd rock, probably rock, till you drop rock, yeah, rock, yeah. till you drop. I'd probably yeah, I put this that. third. I can see that. Yeah. As, as opening, opening tracks. Sure. And if anything, it yeah. certainly sets the tone for what, uh, what to expect with the rest of this, uh, with the, with the rest of adrenalize. Yeah. Okay, and we'll be getting to the rest of that album uh, in due time. But I think this is where we're going to have to end, Alex, because we've oh, already gone super long. I, yeah, we've gone. We've gone. I want to say long, super but... thanks to Dan McCoy for helping us uh, helping us record this uh, song, uh, record this episode. And um, yeah, sorry, I feel like there's been a few technical difficulties that have maybe <clears throat> brought it down a little bit. No, it's uh, all right. Are you talking about the technical difficulties you had technically delivering on that Russian accent you kept promising <laughs> me? <clears throat> I don't think I promised anything. I think that you pimped me into doing it. There literally actually was a uh, bit on The Daily Show, this is not a lie, that got cut for time where I played a Russian hacker. Okay. And oh, I, you were a hacker. I like this guy. I had a lot of good... Uh, so this lines. was actually like a WikiLeaks bit, right? It was, was yeah, like, a bit about WikiLeaks. It was a bit about Anthony Weiner and everything that's going on in, in politics right now. And uh, I got to say, very, very, instead of very, very, which was oh, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, everyone agreed that I had a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good performance. Yeah, yeah, everybody's like, yeah, B plus, dude. Yeah, it was a solid B plus. That's pretty good. Everyone dude. except the editor agreed that you had a great performance. I sounded uh, <laughs> passably close to say like Chekhov and Star Trek, maybe. How mm. much? Yeah, yeah. How much practicing you did you do in the bathroom or by yourself in your office? I did a lot of practicing. I yeah. was going to be on a show, man. Yeah, that's true. You were going to be on TV. Yeah. Did, uh, you, did you use reference points? Did you look up check? I mean, Chekhov is a good a good reference point because he's like the original Russian hacker, really. <laughs> I mean, like I think I got into my Russian accent the way that most people get into the Russian accents, which is to silently go in their head, moose and squirrel, moose and yeah. squirrel, moose and squirrel. 
Mm-hmm. Now I can. Now I. Now I am talking like. You gotta Russian. get that like bubble in the Hello, back of your mouth. Hello, I am right? talking like Russian now. Yeah. Nostrovia. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, I see not exactly. a trace of the original Dan McCoy there. Transported. You know, in Mother Russia, accent does you. Oh, I hadn't. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. So, uh, Dan, where can, we, where can our listeners normally find you? <laughs> you can find me. In Russia, same, apparently. At the same place that they can find you often, <laughs> which is at the Flophouse Podcast. Uh, I'm going to go further than that. You can watch The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, which is a show that I write for um, and occasionally uh, do accents for that get cut. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, if you like Twitter, you can find me at Dan K. McCoy. That's Dank McCoy. There's Dank no way McCoy, to, yeah, There's no way yeah. to look at it. It's because Dan, Dan loves McCoy. memes. He loves Dank love memes. Dank love McCoy. And he loves 420. He loves those 420 uh, posts. <laughs> 420 yep, he posts. My favorite thing about 420 is the posts. Yeah, yeah you, get, you, you gotta post something right. At, Dank McCoy's always gotta post some kind of real, real crispy meme right at 420 yeah. to let the people know he's getting blazed. So it's gonna be that dude skeleton and dat boy both smoking <laughs> a giant spliff. <laughs> Stuart, where can people find you? People can find me at Flophousecat on Twitter. You can hear my dulcet tones on the Flophouse podcast every other week, which is a comedy show about bad movies. And uh, you can also see me behind the stick at Hinterlands Bar in Brooklyn, New York. Soon to have sandwiches. (laughs) No promises. Uh, I'm Alex Smith, Dr. Def. You can find me on Twitter at, at Lydia Burrell, two R's, two L's in Burrell. It's like a woman's name. That's my, uh, that's my band. You can find uh, songs by Lydia Burrell on any, pretty much any streaming thing online where music is sold. Uh, I also make comedy videos under the name Howl Dotty uh, that you can find those on YouTube. So uh, that is it for us for one more song happy adrenalize Stuart and dan dan thank you so much for being on the show thank you thank you thank you get it right babe do you want to get rocked (laughs) perfect we nailed it in one let's get rocked part one do you want to get rocked Let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get. Let's get the rock out of here.